Hello and welcome to Starting Small. If you guys haven't heard, we're hosting Starting Small Summit again this year. We're hosting a live Q&A panel with the founder of Sweetwater Sound, Chuck Sirak, Cameron Smith, co-founder of Kodiak Cakes, and Peter Tuckman, the Einstein of Wall Street. Live at Bethel University in the Everest Roar Auditorium, we partnered with Idea Week to make registration free this year. So make sure to go to the link in this bio at ideaweek.com and register right now for Starting Small Summit, and I cannot wait to see you there on April 20th. In this episode, I'm joined by Lexi Hensler, creator and founder of Hugs, weighted stuffed animals to bring relief from anxiety, stress, and depression. This interview is exciting because Lexi and I were in person, in studio, in Beverly Hills at Interwoven Studios. So if you want to see the full video, make sure to go to our YouTube channel with the link in this bio, and I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to Starting Small. Today I'm joined by Lexi Hensler of Hugs. Lexi, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Of course. So I'd like to start out with your upbringing. Um, where did you grow up and what would you say your childhood was like? Um, I moved around quite a bit. Um, San Diego to Bakersfield to Temecula area. And my parents were both just so driven, workaholic type entrepreneurial yeah. in the hospital side of things and administration. And so I always saw what it was like to work hard and feel how good it feels to work hard. Yeah. And I think it was very inspirational for me and maybe even genetic, who knows if yeah. workaholic is a gene. But um, even just getting my first job at 14, wow. I realized how much I loved to work and how much purpose it gave me. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to hear like what was that job at 14? I actually got a job working for a theater and it was a family owned theater so we would perform and then for, I wanted to call it halftime, I've been out of the game for a while, for intermission <laughs> we would leave backstage, go serve everyone food, uh, kind of like a little restaurant set up that we'd go back, finish performing the play, mm. clean up the theater, start again the next day but wow. it was an epic job at 14 to meet people, grow some confidence. Totally. I miss it. Totally. Would you say that you had an entrepreneurial mindset? Say, like, I mean, starting work that early is crazy, but growing up lemonade stands or anything like that? It's so funny because there's a picture of me when I was probably nine months old playing CEO. Wow. And I don't think I realized what it was, but I carried around this fake old telephone and I would just be like, blah, 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 and like slam <laughs> it down like I was imitating my mom. Yeah. And then the games I wanted to play when I was eight, nine years old is I wanted to play Office and I would yeah. set up like a desk beside me and then a desk in front of me and make my mom come sit down and fill out paperwork for me. But wow. I I had ideas. I called it the goody girl stand. We sold lemonade, cookies. Wow. I got involved with a charity that sold cookies and hot chocolate to raise money every Christmas for wow. a homeless shelter. And I loved being involved in anything entrepreneurial. That's awesome. I'd love to get into kind of like your pursuits, your hobbies at a young age. In school, what, what were you interested in school? What did you do in high school? Did you do any sports, clubs? What was that like? Yeah, um, high school is definitely one of those times that was not great for me, mm. but I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs go through that because yeah. we're always looking to something else. We're not as focused on maybe the same interests. Yeah. I didn't play any sports. I actually sang and act outside of school in my free time and then started my mom started helping shuttling me to LA and back to do some stand-up comedy gigs wow. some auditions um, I eventually let it go because I just saw how much of a time consumer and mm. money yeah whole it was for my mom that was so down to support me in it but sure. I was like you know what it's not gonna happen for me we're gonna move on to the next 
the next game plan and let it go. But, but yeah, I, I, I didn't spend a lot of time focused on school or even being involved in school activities. Yeah. I was definitely more focused on what happens after school. Totally. Totally. In the podcast, I like to like figure out what your, what your mindset was at this point. What were some of your aspirations getting into acting what, and comedy? What did you want to do? What were you aspiring to do at this, at this point? Yeah, I grew up loving theater, and mm -hmm. I don't think I fully realized how different theater is from television. Yeah. But it was just my dream to be able to act, be creative, do something I loved, not work a nine-to-five, which 10 years ago, it wasn't really an option to yeah. not work a nine-to-five necessarily, and now, thankfully, it is, and there's so many creative jobs coming out of it, but I just knew I wanted to do something creative, I wanted to do something different. I wanted something where every day that I showed up to work, it was a new challenge to tackle. Yeah. And it was funny because one of the main reasons I gave up acting and creativity was because I thought college was the only way. So yeah. So it's like, all right, I'm 18. It's time to put down the dreams and yeah. go to college and be a big kid. And then I ended up falling back into the entertainment space anyways, but then finding business through entertainment. Yeah. I would love to dive into that more. Like, what was this period of your life like deciding to go to college or not? And then you end up getting into like more personal branding, building your own online presence. What was that period like for your life and yourself? It was interesting. I mean, my parents both came from families that didn't have much. And so they went to college, they went to grad school, they interned, they worked their butts off yeah. to get where they were and climb the administrative ladder I guess you could say and yeah. so I was like the only way for me to make a living for my future family and myself is I need to go to college go to grad school and climb that ladder yeah so I went to college I kept my head down I fell in love with school and education for the first time because I didn't go to high schools that had a lot of resources for great education yeah we only had a couple good teachers but being in college I realized how much I love to learn I realized all these topics I never knew I was passionate about before yeah and I am so thankful I did have that experience because sure. it taught me a lot, even though I didn't walk away with a degree. Yeah. I, I walked away with a lot of life lessons. Yeah, totally. What was that transition like when uh, you ended up leaving college and you decided you could do something else full time? How was that convincing your parents and what were you doing at that point? I thought it was going to be a lot harder to convince them yeah. because of their upbringing and, you know, that generation. The only way to make a yeah. living is you got to go to school. Um, but they were really supportive. I was I was so glad it wasn't a it wasn't like a please mom and dad. They yeah. were just like, you know what? You can take six months off school. The world's not gonna end. Yeah. You don't have an apartment, you don't have financial responsibilities, thankfully. So I told school I'd probably be back in six months. I'm gonna try it out. Um, I told my job I'll probably be back in six months. I'm just gonna go try this out. Yeah. Luckily, I had a place to stay in Los Angeles with my dad because he was working here, and okay. and I just basically gave 110% to one thing because I was yeah. like, if I try to do school and social media entertainment world, I'm gonna do mid at both. I'm gonna yeah. get a C in both in a sense. Yeah. So I just gave 100%. I kept getting I had no money in my account, I kept getting overdraft fees. So I was constantly like negative 30, negative 60. Yeah. And I wasn't making a penny for probably a solid first year that I was in this space. But wow. I, I just, I kept thinking about being 80 years old and being like, what if I had tried that? Yeah. And I didn't want that question for left sure. unanswered. For sure. To the listeners who might not know, can you kind of like explain what you were doing like online? You were doing like skits, educational, yeah. what, were, what kind of content were you doing to drive this and leverage your audience? 
Yeah, I did a lot of comedy skits, comedy sketches, mm -hmm. a lot of personality and lifestyle stuff. I feel like a lot of people have one clear direction, but I've always loved so many different things that it's yeah. been hard for me to pin one down, which hopefully people enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do a lot of traveling as well. Um, I always try to leave things on a lighthearted note, and then obviously I have a huge emphasis in mental health. Mm. Amazing. Getting into, yeah, your, your personal venture. I know you kind of built your personal brand for many years. You have a strong audience. And then you go back to kind of an experience that you had in high school and on for mental health. That's when we approach hugs. If you can kind of share, what was the inspiration to hugs and your own experience into mental health and pursuing that? Yeah, I've struggled with mental health since I was a little kid. And I think one of the hardest things for me was thinking that I was the only one, that mm. I was weird, that something was wrong with me, that I was having these thoughts or anxieties. And bullying in high school definitely only made it worse. Mm. And there wasn't anyone in a position of power or someone I looked up to, someone I watched on a movie that was talking about this stuff. Yeah. And so for me, A, it was extremely important to be candid, have, have my story out there. And then B, trying to find alternatives to help my anxiety, my depression, my sleep habits that mm. didn't have a list of side effects on it. Yeah. So a friend gave me a weighted blanket and I was like, how the heck does this work? <laughs> the second I laid it on, I just kind of felt relieved. Yeah. I looked into the science of it and the weight being applied really does calm your central nervous system. It brings down your blood pressure, it brings down your heart rate. I was like, this is so cool. What if we could do a portable, cuter version of it in a stuffed animal? Yeah. And then maybe even, in my hopes, further help that conversation around mental health because, you know, maybe you're holding your weighted stuffed animal. I'm like, what is that? And you're yeah. like, it's really cute and it helps me sleep. I'm like, you know, I could use some help sleeping too. I love and that. It's kind of a gateway to the conversation that feels a little lighthearted. Yeah. But that was the inspiration behind it. And luckily I had a couple incredible partners, Rohan and Larry, to help me Awesome. bring that vision to life. Rohan's the business mind, yeah. knows all of that world that I had yet to learn. And then yeah. Larry's this incredible graphic and creative designer. So the three of us married really well into That's a partnership. Cool. What did that early stage like prototyping process look like? Were you getting back mock-ups, different stuffed animals saying like, I don't approve this. And what did that stage look like? Yeah, I think Larry was so good at helping us give the vision to the factory yeah. because it was pretty quick that we figured them out. Um, my biggest thing was I want the highest quality stuff. I don't care about profit margins. That's where yeah. Rohan had to roll me in. He's little, he's like, <laughs> well, we actually do need profit margins to be able to continue this business. Yeah. I'm like, okay, fine. But I was like, I want the best product. I want it to be affordable to everyone. I want it to be quality. I want it to last. Um, yeah finding out what even filling to make it weighted is the best one. Yeah. So we went through a few different rounds and what was so cool too was specializing them. I was like, okay, like let's do blue eyes on the llama. It just seems sweeter looking into his blue eyes. It's a little fun. And then on the sloth, I was like, what if we did weighted arms? And wow. so that process was really fun, but it definitely was one of the smoother parts of it was, um, cause we had such a clear vision. It was kind of easier to get it across. For sure. What, yeah, what was the selection process like for the animal specifically? You have uh, four SKUs right now currently, right? Yeah. So what, what made you late, uh, select those? Um, oh man, I mean, the llama, we technically launched before we had hugs. I just had a merch line called Lexi Llama. Everyone yeah. knew I was obsessed with llamas and I loved how just dorky and sweet and unique they are. I'm like, we all love llamas and yeah. 
you know, I feel like we should all aspire to be as fun-loving and free as a llama. And that was kind of sure. my thing for a little while, as silly as it is. And um, so the first one was obviously the llama. We got to kind of experiment with that. And we just saw such an overwhelming response mm. with those sales. that, yeah. And even just hearing from friends, from strangers, that it was making an impact, the therapeutic weighted stuffed animals. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, like we can really have a real business here. And yeah. we were just so, so excited about it. So the llama, we kept it going. Um, and then we added a sloth. I'm not sure how we came about the sloth. <laughs> I thought they were just really cute, really yeah. cuddly. I mean, I've always wanted to cuddle a sloth. Apparently they're actually not that friendly though oh, in, in real yeah. life. And then elephants have always been one of my favorite animals. Yeah. Um, and then the duck, I have ducks. So, That's so cool. just seems like the next right thing to do. For but sure. Yeah. I feel like the first few animals were the easiest and now I'm like, oh man, what's next? What's next? Yeah, for sure. I love that. Uh, when you guys launched, what were like the marketing that you guys looked to do? Was it really leveraging your personal brand? How did that look? Yeah, definitely leveraging the personal brand. I mean, when you start a business, you're usually in the hole financially because yeah. of all the marketing you have to do. And for sure. we were fortunate enough to where we also just wanted to see as kind of a curiosity experiment how much my own marketing knowledge through creating TikToks on the Hugs platform and leveraging my platform could do. Yeah. So we just started off with that. We still have yet to pay for advertising. Wow. It's been purely organic. It's awesome. Um, through me sharing on my platform and then even just making TikToks on our Hugs account and yeah. just using the right sounds filming them in an interactive way that really gathers attention. I've had a few videos go organically viral and awesome. that made a huge impact, which was really, really cool. But definitely first steps were just figuring that out. And now, now it's time to have that conversation yeah. about advertising in that whole world. I love it. So when you guys started selling on your website, um, how would you hold inventory, making sure that you can balance out, stay in stock? I know you have strong demand at the beginning. You sold out, did you sell out completely or no? Yeah, we sold out in the first 24 hours. Wow. But um, we That's immediately crazy. called the factory and we're like air shipping the yeah. next batch, which air shipping I discovered is a lot more expensive yeah. than boat shipping, but takes a third of the time. Oh yeah. But it was, you know, we launched on Black Friday and we wanted people to get these for Christmas gifts. Wow. So we did what we could and it was really cool to be able to see even just photos of people opening them on Christmas Day. I mean, seeing your dream come to life yeah. is so cool. But but yeah, we kept them in our houses. No um, way. <laughs> I have boxes of weighted stuffed animals. My poor neighbor, I was out of town recently. Yeah. He was like, hey, I brought some boxes into the garage for you. They were really heavy. And I get <laughs> home and it's a box of like 20 weighted stuffed animals. I'm like, oh I gosh. am so sorry. Thank oh my you. gosh. That's hilarious. Uh, getting into kind of that realm of inventory again. Where do you guys hold inventory today? Is it just always yeah. in your homes? And where do you ship from, distribution? What does that look like? Yeah, it's crazy because when we first started, it was in our homes and now we actually have a distributor. And awesome. so inventory can be over there. But it was important to me to learn every step of the business yeah. along with Rohan and Larry. I mean, we spent Christmas Eve when we had Lexi Llama handwriting a Christmas card to every single person that ordered, wow. hand packing, hand shipping, the three of us just watching Christmas movies, elves eating pizza, and getting to the point where we could have a distributor, have inventory there. Our houses weren't 
<laughs> to the ceiling yeah. with boxes anymore. For sure. Was awesome, but I forget. I wish I remembered who gave me that piece of business advice, but I feel like it is really important to understand every single role that you're then filling in the future. Totally, totally. To the listeners out there, what does that experience look like? So a stuffed animal arrives to their home. What's the unboxing like, the packaging, and why did you go with that packaging as well? Yeah, I mean, all credit to Larry there. He had a vision because we wanted something cool, some kind of experience for the packaging. Mm -hmm. I mean, personally, I would be bummed if I ordered something, I opened a box, and it's just like bubble wrap. Yeah. You know, and even just something to store them or carry them if you'd like. But mm. he thought of the concept of the tube. And so the tube's really cool, really high quality. We have some info on it. You mm. open up the tube and the stuffed animal can just like pop right out of it. Yeah. Fits in there perfectly. It's awesome. And um, yeah, I think it's a nice experience. It's a nice decorative piece as well. I have them all over my house. So. I love that. That's awesome. So not only a direct-to-consumer brand, but you guys are also mission-driven. If you can kind of di- dive into that aspect of the give back that you guys also do, 10% is it, or is there? Yeah, so we do 10% of our Animal of the Month to a kids' mental health charity, Your Mom Cares. Awesome. And they're amazing. I work closely with them. I know all of the founders. It was actually originally founded by Michelle Obama. Oh, wow. And handed off to a few celebrity moms where they were able to use their power and influence to create such... Um, an incredible charity that is directly affecting people. So I knew the money was in good hands. I yeah. knew it's not one of those charities where you're like, well, I hope this is going to good use. For but, sure. But that was really important to us is doing everything we possibly can to make an impact in mental health, especially with kids. Totally. I love that. So kind of gu- diving into the marketing that you've done and the feedback you get, what would you say is the main demographic with what you guys have collected so far? It's funny because... I really didn't expect so many people my age to be so hooked on it. Yeah. Obviously, we, I mean, I feel like it's a 50-50 split between the teens, the kids' ages, and then our ages. Yeah. I've been going to the airport a lot lately, and I keep seeing girls my age holding, I wish they were our stuffed animals one day, <laughs> but holding stuffed animals. And I love that we're finally in a time and culture, which maybe COVID even kind of forced as a silver lining. Is yeah we're not ashamed to do things that help our mental health anymore. In fact, we're preaching them and we're trying to help other people find ways to cope as well. For sure. Kind of looking into the future, do you see an opportunity for maybe retail or placement like that outside of your website, direct to consumer? I think that would be awesome. I explain the idea to people and they're like, oh, that's cool. And the reaction when they physically pick up the animal, It blows my mind every time. Even I've had friends come over and I always have them out um, because I'm just proud of them and I like looking at them and cuddling with them. And (laughs) a friend will pick one up and they mean to just pick it up, but they end up holding it the entire time they're at my house. And I usually send them home with one. I'm like, you don't look like you want to separate. But I think it is one of those things where it's hard to imagine a stuffed animal being heavy, like five pounds. But when you actually feel it and you start to feel the relief from it, you're like, oh wow, this is actually a really cool concept. So I would love to have it in stores one day. Yeah. Um, I think we're also just careful about not expanding too quickly so that totally. we're still having a good product, best customer care, customer sure. service, but excited for that. I love that. What does the kind of vision for expansion team-wise, is it just the three of you right now still? And what, what does that look like? Yeah, it's the three of us. We're bringing on right now someone to help in the advertising space who mm-hmm. really specializes in that. Um, so it's exciting because it's our first add-on because it's yeah. been the three of us 
working for free, just reinvesting every penny we make back into the business or into a charity yeah. organization for the last few years, whether Super it was the Lexilama brand or now Hugs. Yeah. So it's the first time we're bringing someone on. It's exciting, but it's definitely time. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I like to conclude each episode with this. If you can share one piece of advice with an aspiring entrepreneur, maybe something you've learned along the way or regret, uh, what would you say that would be? Oh man, I mean, I definitely live with no regrets, just lessons. Yeah. Um, but I would say do it. There, You can fail and you can pick yourself back up, but at least you'll know that yeah. you tried, you did your absolute best, and you won't have to live with that uncertainty. Yeah. Um, and if you have the opportunity, give it all you got, because if you can give something 100%, I think that's when you'll really see the potential of it. For sure. Well, Lexi, thank you so much for joining me today. And to the listeners out there, make sure to check out Hugs at givehugs.co. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Starting Small. If you would, leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, follow Starting Small Pod on social platforms to keep up to date on future guests.